1: And a taste of football on the weekend with the Auckland Nines, bro. Yeah, it was good.
0: I uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I binge-watched because we obviously had the start of the rep season on um, Saturday, so it was a pretty busy day watching the mats and ball. Um, But, yeah, I I locked myself away in my room for, I don't know, six, seven hours and just binge-watched the whole lot on Sunday and enjoyed it. Um, There was different things to take out of it, I suppose, a, a new format, um, some old faces, Freddie and Beaver coming back, and um, you know, you just you couldn't really predict it. You could have sworn, I guess, um, once the quarterfinal stage came around, that the Warriors would win it, but um, that soon, uh, you know, changed. And, and the Cowboys, who were underdogs in pretty much every game, I think, apart from the grand final, um, came through and won it. Yeah, um, well, and they lost, they lost players throughout the tournament. Um, and probably didn't field their strongest side. Neither did the Broncos, who we both tipped to make the final and lose it. But we just didn't get the right team. I tipped uh, the Cowboys.
1: I tipped the Cowboys to advance, though. You had Manly.
0: Well, yeah, um, I
1: yeah, I didn't tip Cowboys. Well, Manly, I don't know how Manly ended up losing to Canberra. Oh. I've listened back to the podcast, and I did say they were a dark horse. Yeah, well, I, I tipped
0: them to someone in inbox on our
1: page. on mobile forwards, and the halves, I don't know, a lot of people probably don't appreciate Morgan and Louis as much, but in that format, I thought they both shone. Mm. And, uh, you know, they had some big outside backs and some young blokes, Curtis Roaner, Colt Felt, uh, Tarmiel. Yeah. You know, Tom Ola was pretty good, and Cooper. One of the blokes I looked at and thought, he's a bit basic for this format. He was super consistent. He was good. For... Um, so what did you like about it? What did you like about it? Well, the most obvious thing, and I think it's the only thing that separates it, is everyone whinged about injuries. Uh, you know, obviously we've had some minor ones, like, you know, Dave Taylor, Carney, Gallon, these kind of guys, only he just pulled out his precautions, which is fair enough. But yeah. on the serious list, he got Coot. He's done his ACL. Marlon today he's confirmed he's torn his hamstring off the bone. Uh, four or five months for him, four or five months for Kiri with a, a torn pectoral. Curtis Sirenum was supposed to be six weeks with a fractured foot, that's now 12. Yep. Uh, David Stagg, I, I know that that's not really a big loss, but six weeks. And Nabuli Jennings, again, you know. They're losses, but they're probably not going to play first grade. But, I so. mean, me and
0: mean we've both been around football long enough to know that injuries are a part of the game. They could happen at training. They could yeah. happen They, happen, they happen in trial trials. before. You know, like I, I don't see how you, you're going to knock the Auckland Nines based no. on the injuries that were happening. We're playing a contact sport. That's
1: life. And if the Auckland Nines didn't show to everyone that was whinging about not sending the full-strength squads, I've seen the one thing I was looking for straight after it. Oh, I didn't know that kid, or you know, like someone like a Valentine Holmes from the Sharks, or Farmanu Brown. For that, there was players there for that reason that shone in that tournament or in that kind of format mm. that were played in front of first grade. For that reason, you're not going to pick your starting front rowers unless they're in the mould of like a Tamalolo or a, a James like that you're not just going to send over your NRL squad for the sake of it. Yeah, you have, to, right. you have to have a variety. But uh, overall, I really liked it. Uh, our brackets didn't go too bad. Yeah, we went all right. You got uh, five from eight. I got six from eight. So we got a fair few out of the, the pools. Yeah. Uh, Quarter finals, I was three from four. You were two from four. And then the final, we had picked one of the teams. We both had Brisbane. Yeah. Uh, you obviously had the Panthers. that They got eliminated in the quarters. And I had the Dragons. Well, they got, they got eliminated by the Cowboys. Dragons didn't even get out of the pool. They were a massive Dragons flop. Dragons were horrendous. But, uh, yeah. So our brackets weren't too bad, but... Injuries, on with you. Mark Gasnier said the first thing I've heard him say that I've probably agreed with ever, which is you know, you get hurt just as bad at training. You know, from being in a rep team, and I know it, at Canberra, uh, you chuck on the padded suits. If they want to do contact, you do full ball. 50 minutes, you know, wrestling, great, all of it. You're just as likely you get hurt there. Yeah, I've, we've had blokes exactly get well. injured at training just as much as you do in trial games. So yeah. uh, it's all part of it. But overall, the I prize money The atmosphere And who bagged it Which player Or coach Really no, came out um, The only little thing That was said Was the second day Was maybe a little Overloaded For the amount of Stop start If you went deeper In the tournament That was probably The only suggestion That was made
0: Yeah Well it's hard like, Logistically How do you Plan it out um, They gave them Longer breaks To allow them To recover So I mean If, if there were Short breaks In between games They'd be whinging They didn't have Enough time to recover So I think Logistically It was all worked Out really well But um, the a lot of the players mentioned that it uh, just gave the tournament organiser organisers a rap and said that it was really,
1: really well run. Oh everything. Um, so volunteers. Yeah. The volunteers were tops. outstanding, everything was great. Uh, they even had their own little section there, their own little pavilion that they could come out and watch the games in between, yeah. which was. I can't knock it,
0: mate. I I, uh, I think, I think was, there's yeah. little things that they could tweak in terms of rules and. Um, it needs to technical earlier, stuff. I think that's probably uh, the big thing. Well, next year it's going to be because uh, yeah, the cricket clash for the World Cup, so it's going to be in late. I think late January next year. So. Yeah. Well. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Give it the stamp of approval, and um, it's only going to get better as well. I mean, now we've had a little bit of a sniff it, um, of it. We're going to be looking forward to it more next year and. Um, you know, there's only going to be more money in it, and prize money goes up. The
1: more um, star players you're going to see head over for it. Which well, we, we read, uh, obviously, the article the other day. Greg Inglis, Thurston, there's a couple of blokes that come out. Isaac Lut, they were all saying they wanted to go over. Obviously, just representing the World Cup. And rightfully, their club said, we don't want you to. But yeah. if those kind of names are barking to go over there, I think there will be adjustments made. And there will be more money attracted to it. Either. Definitely. And internationals want to come. Obviously, the, the Super League teams want to come over as well. So Yeah,
0: it'd be really good if they...
1: Somehow mix a tournament in that. Right? Yeah, it'd be awesome. But uh, probably wrapping that up, the MVP was Sean Johnson. I do think it was any I was about to ask you. Do you agree really, with that? Oh, he was. He was sensational. Easily, he, he, You knew before it that he was going to suit that style of game, but yeah. he single-handedly ran every single one of their games. I think. Yeah. He was the key for them, and he struggled in that quarterfinal against the Cowboys. So yeah, and all, that was that just correlated them. That flips out. with the best yeah. defensive side in the comp. They took away what was happening, so naturally earlier on for the Warriors, yeah. which was offloads and line breaks, when that disappeared. Obviously, things dried up and uh, didn't play out so well for the Warriors. They were eliminated, but uh, the best newcomer of the tournament, or the breakout player, sorry, was Kyle Felton. Every one of his tries he scored was a ridiculous finish where he put himself in a position to take his body completely out of the field of play so the winger or the opposing centre or whoever was out there couldn't touch him and ground it with one hand. It was brilliant. Yeah, there was a try. Try, I think, that Melbourne scored. The team try, oh, Mitchell Garber. That what was, an incredible try that yeah, was. Even better, because he was a massive front rower. Yeah. He was the slowest man on the planet, and he got 40 metres upfield. The I think it was, was it
0: right on half time? I think yeah, it
1: was. They, yeah, went, they it counted. Was incredible. They it counted 90 metres. They went all the way to the left, all the yeah. way back to the right, and then big garbage, as I like to call him, Mitchell Garbage. Took it to the bank, and uh, it was a great try. Easily the try of the tournament for me. Yeah, agreed. And uh, they named the all-star team for the nines. It was Andrew McCulloch. Sean Johnson, James Tarmel, Dylan Walker, Antonio Winterstein, Andrew Fafita, Kane Lynette, Gavin Cooper, and Sui Matungi. Mm. I'd probably agree with most of that. It's yeah. uh, very subjective. I mean, it depends on whether you take into account where they well, finished or how they actually played. So I, I looked uh, at the teams that they named on Fox, which were you know while the finals were halfway done, and people had like you know Laylou or Radro, guys that had played well. On day one, but it was fair enough they weren't included as they didn't go deep into the tournament. Those other guys were pretty consistent the whole way through. I can't believe Brad Fittler didn't make his way into the Oh, this good. Lot. Leave it out. <laughs> leave it out. But uh, we'll leave that one alone now. That's pretty much summed up. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that, and I'm pretty keen to probably go next year. I thought about this year, but mm. I think that may be a definite destination yeah, in 2015. But for now, we'll move on to the two probably bigger games this weekend. There's obviously some, some trials... On the weekend, uh, we'll run through what they are. We won't talk about them in great depth. Most sides are, are naming close to full-strength sides. But the two games we really want to focus on this week are obviously the traditional Charity Shield, which will be televised on Saturday along with the World Club Challenge between Wigan and the Sydney Roosters. So probably kicking things off, we'll go to the Charity Shield first. Yeah. Uh, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, they name their side. It looks pretty much full-strength. They've got Greg Inglis at the back, Merritt and Takiri on the wings, championing Goodwin in the centres, uh, Walker moves into the spot that would have been taken by um, You know, that that's one that people are subjective about I know he's played 5-8 coming up through the junior ranks so uh, I don't think he'll struggle too much but whether he's Luke Keery is a different story Reynolds is the 7 George and Sam are the front rowers with Luke and Hooker Ben Teo, Chris McQueen and John Sutton are the back row they've got an extended bench but they've got uh, AP Coruscant, Dave Tyrrell Tom Burgess, Luke Burgess, Ben Lowe uh, Joe Picker, Joel Reddy, Kyle Turner, Alex Johnston, Kira Zomi-Olvar, and Nathaniel Neal. Uh, yeah, they,
0: uh, you're allowed to name up to 25 for the charity well. More 1-17,
1: though I'm not surprised. Uh, you know, Corisio is a utility hooker-type player, which they carried Kira for that purpose last year. Tyrell Burgess and uh, the other Burgess Luke, probably similar to what they'd have. You'd probably throw low. He'd be snooping around there somewhere for a look, but what do you think about that 7-8? Uh, it's... Uh, I, um.
0: A bit the opposite of you. I know you you don't mind Dylan Walker at six, but I haven't seen him play much there. I think they're going to go back to um, having Sutton in at five eight. It got him to a preliminary final last year, so um, yeah. Otherwise, South they've, they've lost a lot of depth, haven't they? They, you know, their side was pretty loaded um, from one to seventeen this year, but uh, outside probably their top thirteen, they're, they're looking a little bit thin on the bench in my opinion this year. But um, I still think they'll be right up there. They've got. Um, obviously Reynolds and uh, Luke and English, uh, so um, you throw
1: those guys in, and you're going to be you're going to be thereabouts. That's for sure. Yeah, well, I'm with you on the depth, but I think they're in a manly situation where they sign a guy like Kyle Turner. And uh, you know, Nathaniel Neal, guys that have dominated Q Cup, New South Wales Cup, they really need to unearth a couple of gems yeah. in a similar situation to that where dollar Dazzlers. you look at them at the start of the year and go, oh, you know, I don't know who that bloke is. And then by halfway through the year, you go, oh, he's a first grader. Yeah. That's what they really need to do. Another club will be chasing him, offering big cash. Yeah, yeah, that's the kind of thing they need to go their way this year. Um, the Dragons, similar deal. They've gone pretty much It will be close to around one side, I think. Uh, Josh Dugan at fullback. They've got Brett Morris and Nightingale on the wings. Darren Farrell and Gerald Beale in the centres. Gareth Widop and Sam Williams, the halves. Uh, Jack DeBellin and Ben Cray in the front row. I like the fact he's stuck with Ben Cray in the front row. I thought he was really good for him there in his last couple of games. Mm. Uh, Mitchell Rain at nine. Gerald Thompson, Lee Sanam and Trent Merrin in the back row. Uh, you've got Kyle Stanley as a utility on the bench, coming back after his fourth knee reconstruction. Jack Stockwell, Mike Cooper, the Englishman, he's in the side, Bronson Harrison, Tyson Frizzell, and Dan Hunt. Big Dan Hunt. He looks on the bit on the outer by the looks of this list, but uh, their squad's a bit shorter than the Rabbitohs, so they're obviously pretty set on who they're probably going to be having on their side round one, maybe just a rotation. I can't believe Tyson
0: Frizzell isn't starting, unless he's carrying an injury or they're having a look at Leeson Armour or whatever. He got
1: pulled out last week before their last game with a bit of an injury. I don't know how major it is, so maybe that could be a reason, but I know Dan Hunt isn't the most, you know, bustling line-breaking or bending the lineback kind of front row, but for a lot of effort and hard work he's put in, I'm pretty surprised to see him at the back end of this squad too. He was
0: the other one. Yeah, he was the
1: other one. Obviously, yeah, him and Frizzell were, but they'd be starters for me if I was coaching the sword. Hmm. I can see the mobility kind of factor in the back row there and also second phase. Leeson I definitely offers that, probably more so.
0: But if you look at who you're playing, it's a monster forward pack. Yeah, exactly. Monster forward pack. So you're going to need some grunt up front to, uh, to match it, but uh, we'll see what happens. Anyway, I think you're going to see uh, a lot in terms of how the Dragons are going to go this year. I don't think you're going to see much out of the Rabbitohs. The Rabbitohs um, haven't got much to prove. Um, they've obviously got bigger fish to fry, but um, no. the Dragons, I think they've got a lot to prove in this
1: game. I think the main thing you'd be looking for with the Rabbitohs is simply that sick situation. Will that work out with Walker there? Yeah. And uh, probably the bench. Well,
0: know? they're going to test a few guys out there, obviously. They'll move something there at some stage and um, you know, make a, a decision out of it. Um, before round one and especially yeah. for the Rabbitohs you know in their uh, peripheral or um, just up the road is, is the Roosters round one so they, they really need to get ready for the for the Chooks yeah, well, um, for and the- that's a, obviously a massive season opener grudge match um, but for the Dragons I think they've probably got a little bit more to play for in terms of um, there's a lot of pressure on them as a team and, and Steve Price as a coach
1: yeah well for for the Rabbitohs, like I said, it's, it's pretty much Walker. And then you look at blokes like Kyle Turner, Nathaniel Neal, Johnston, they're going to need to shine to kind of prove uh, to Michael Maguire that, okay, if things go wrong or someone's in bad nick, uh, like last year, I, I, can, I can drop somebody, make a point, give someone else an opportunity. Because otherwise, if these kind of blokes struggle, like you said, they don't have too much depth. Actually, I don't mind the Dragons to win this. So I'm, I'm more of the opposite I opinion. Just, I think they're going to. The Rabbitohs will finish well ahead of them on the table. Just because of the recruitment, I know. I, I, you know, a lot of sides when they get their recruitment in, things start off really basic. There's kind of uh, hard to find gel. You, you know, like Beal and Farrell look at the centers. I think it could potentially be a good center pairing. But Farrell's coming to a new club. Beal's just had a year off with an ACL injury. Uh, Widop and Williams again, brand new halves pairing. How they're going to work together? Who's going to take the lead? William you know. Williams has been a little standoffish in his first grade, even though I think he's a great player. Widdup's play by and cronk, so he hasn't really led a side or dominated a side. So mm. these well, two guys, you know, the forward, the forward pack doesn't bother me so much. I'm pretty confident uh, they'll get the job done there. And they've got a pretty good bench in Stockwell, Cooper, Harrison, Frizzell, and Hunt. But I think it's more the two centres you need to see something out of and the halves.
0: Yeah, well, uh, we've got the odds here thanks to Sporting Bet, and uh, we've been upgraded. Obviously, centre bet is the little brother of of Sporting Bet. And uh, this year we've moved on uh, to Sporting Bet. Um, So the odds, St. George-Illawarra $2.30 and South Sydney $1.62. And the line is plus four to the Dragons. Mm. I don't mind those odds. Two thirty for the Dragons.
1: Well, I can tell you one thing. I do know for sure. There's no better bet than a sporting bet. Oh yeah. Mm. <laughs> if I if I was going to have a punt, which I probably wouldn't at all in this game, I just wouldn't. Well, touch we're going to have a, we're going to have a charity multi this week. There will be a charity multi. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll think about that during the show. Yeah. About what we're going to put that. Yeah, on.
0: obviously. But um, we're going to have a look at. We might have a look at the other trials,
1: that are yeah. going on over the weekend. Some of the trials that are listed. Brock, what have we got?
0: Uh, on Saturday, the North Queensland Cowboys take on the Gold Coast Titans. Um, both teams look here to have named uh, fairly strong sides. Um, the Cronulla Sharks take on the West Tigers. That's at Cronulla, um, at Ramondus. The Newcastle Knights take on the Canberra Raiders. That's in Tamworth. Um, and Manly Seagulls take on the Parramatta, e- uh, Parramatta Eels. Almost said the Parramatta Eagles.
1: Parramatta um, Eagles, good times. Yeah,
0: tops. Potential um, Brookvale Oval, um, that's on Saturday night. Uh, obviously the World Club Challenge and the Charity Shield. Uh, you've got the Melbourne Storm, they're taking on East
1: Tigers. And they're also taking on the Bulldogs, so they're obviously splitting their squad in half this week.
0: They are. Um, on Sunday, the New Zealand Warriors versus the Brisbane Broncos, that's over at Dunedin, and that is televised, ladies and gents, which is tops. Three games this weekend. Sunday afternoon, you can sit down and uh, watch a little bit of footy. Uh, the Warriors have na- named um, a fairly strong side. The Broncos team isn't uh, up as yet. Uh, a game that I'll be going to, if it's not pouring like it is at the moment, at Penrith, but the Panthers, they're taking on the Newtown Jets, it's uh, Sportingbet sporting bet stadium. Um, in Penrith,
1: is that a confidence trial of the loaded side they're trying to beat, no, well, I beat think up on somebody?
0: They were uh, they were scheduled to play the Roosters, but obviously um, Club with Challenge. the World Cup Challenge, that's clash. So they'll play basically the Roosters' second string side, um, which will still be a fairly decent hit out, you'd imagine. Mm. Um, and then yeah, on Sunday, as you said, the Dogs versus Melbourne. Um, so they split their trials over two days, and um, they've named Melbourne have named their sh- stronger side to take on the Bulldogs, um, Slater and Smith are named, Cronk is obviously not, so that's a wrap up of what's going on this weekend, there's obviously some games happening, next weekend will be fairly quiet and then we'll, uh, we'll be into it, so um, if your team isn't playing this weekend it's fair to say that their trials have been wrapped up um, and they're getting
1: themselves ready for, for round one mm. And Before we jump into uh, the World Club Challenge, there's three injuries I want to discuss from the weekend, just in short uh, obviously Lachlan Coote Jared Mullen and Luke Keary. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to neglect the other ones to neglect the other teams, but these three in particular are pretty key because these We're are, all, have a massive impact these are all teams that are potentially supposed to challenge for the eight. So, starting with Lachlan Coote, how much do you think this affects the North Queensland Cowboys? Because to be honest. Uh,
0: and Airbnb, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com/host. This year
1: was hooker. I think they've kind of got the hooker situation sorted out. But fullback, oh, I'm not. Who's going to be the hooker? Do you think? Jay, Ray, Ray sure? Thompson. Okay, yeah. you know, Ray th- Thompson. Kevin Before he had his Cameron King's smashed. a better player to probably have on the bench yeah. than Anthony Mitchell. Anthony Mitchell looked good in the 9s, but in the 13, side game, he tends to have a lesser impact. He's just too small. Okay, so who who moves back there? Matthew Wright? No, well, this is the thing. This weekend, it's Jarvid Bowen, Curtis Rona, Zach Senna. They've got a couple of guys could, they can test could out. Kyle Felt play fullback? I think Kyle felt could play fullback, but I think he's too amazing at finishing on the wing. I think you'd probably be having him out there just yeah. purely on his finishing ability. Well, well, let's put it this way: they've got options. But I that, think they've got uh, options.
0: They've got a lot of young kids coming through there. The team that probably should have won the twenties before felt missed that key goal in the NYC Grand Final. Oh, so
1: that, I never thought they were going to win that game, but they very they
0: should have won that game. They should have won um, game, so that game. So that's the side that's sort of pushing through. Bowen,
1: you could see um, the name Bowen, and he's the cousin of Maddie Bowen at the back. Well, he played again. in the nines. He's oh. tall and long, but oh, I'm a big fan of Curtis Rona. Curtis Rona is more a center, okay. Uh, but he's a big body. He's a great defender. I think even worst well, it's case, it's hard luck for Lockman Curtis. Worst right? case scenario, I look at Antonio Winterstein. Antonio Winterstein... Well, I think you've got he's got to play centers. He played on the wing before, and they've got Lynette and Tate, so he's definitely not going to be a center. Okay, yeah, well, he's going to be, be on the there. wing. So why not bring Rona in on a wing? Yeah. shore that up and if Bowen or Rona or Santa Santa's probably too small for first grade at fullback but if that's the situation I think that uh, Winnerstein's a pretty good runner at the football he's the kind of bloke I wouldn't mind saying oh well, yeah they've got as I said they've got options mate um, but yeah, it's terrible luck for Lock and Coot well this is his second knee reconstruction he's had a torn pectoral muscle and he's had a shoulder reaker yeah so, so I, sort of the last three years, he's played no footy, really, has he? The biggest question here is how much of a dent is this to his future? Like I know he signed a probably a three like, dent. I think it was a three year deal up there, but you know, like, when when is enough enough? When when does a club come to a point where they've got you know he's had four or five major in- season-ending injuries? Does it get to a point where he throws the towel in, or maybe a club says, well, "Look, well,
0: it depends where he's going." You know, obviously if he's still young. if it's a marquee, he's not going to get signed as a marquee player anymore. Obviously, no. his salary would have gone down because Penrith didn't want him. So he went up to the Cowboys as sort of a, a last ditch effort to mm. to get a run in the NRL. So obviously his next contract is going to be um, for Knicks. He's got, he's got a couple of years. He's got two more years at the Cowboys, so um, he'll obviously see them out, or yeah, unless well, he can get an offer somewhere else. But ideally, well, he's not going to get massive money health. unless he can he can get healthy and he can come back and he play the to play
1: very well for two years. But yeah. in, in summing it up, does it affect the Cowboys' chances of the eight majorly? I don't think so. Inc- I, well,
0: because they. If he'd been there last year and established himself and they'd relied on him then and worked him into the structures, I think it, it hurts you more. But now. You know, he obviously would've spent a, a big chunk of the preseason there training there, but you would have thought they'd be rotating guys in and out, especially with a new coach. There's still um, I think it's an ideal time, if there was ever an ideal time for them to have a yeah, an injury to a key position. Back. Yeah.
1: Well you look at it, Jonathan Thurston, the two Australian front rowers, their centres are very settled, so is most of their back line. Yeah. And they
0: and won the nines without it. Sims he went off what was it first game or second S- game?
1: Yeah. Sims and Tom on the back row, Reith Mile, they blooded a lot, which they needed, you know, some of the older guys like Johnson and that were slowing down. Cooper's every consistency. So yeah. There's plenty there to offset that. So Absolutely. But both of the opinion, Coot doesn't really hinder that. Moving on to Jared Mullen, I think we're both going to have a similar opinion on this. Torn hamstring off the bone, a minimum of four months out of the game. He doesn't see a surgeon until Monday. Yeah. One of their other halves options, they signed Matt Minos, also got a hamstring problem, so they're down to Tyne Roberts, who is a fantastic prospect, a great player. Yeah. And Michael Dobson, who formerly... Well, he's been
0: a bit of a journeyman in the Super League and... Uh, he's dominated over there,
1: but... Um, you know,
0: dominated which, in what sense? Yeah, exactly. I mean,
1: he's, he's been one of the form halves over there. As I watched the game
0: last night and Luke Walsh carved up. Yeah, exactly. Warrington. So I'm just... And Luke I'm, Walsh I've was said the same to you about was Blake Green. first about Blake
1: Green, I thought, average over here. He's playing for Wigan now. Probably the best side over there. Yeah. So that, um, that's kind of the scale.
0: Oh, definitely. Uh, there's no question that the, the Super League, on a week-to-week basis, would not match up to the NRL. But um, more In so, terms of Mullen uh, and the impact it'll have on Newcastle, massive. Yeah, I, say, I, I actually, uh, you know me. I, I didn't have them in my eight to start with. Obviously, we're going off a little bit early. We're going to do our previews and stuff, but mm. this for me really puts him out of the eight. Well, uh, I told you how that. many wins can they get while he's out? How quickly does he get back? Well, What's their draw? Sixteen weeks like? minimum. Once he does get back, you sixteen know, weeks minimum. There's a lot of a lot of different things that Newcastle fans are going to have to now um, think about. Wayne Bennett, he's he's under pressure. Um, if if one he's, ever been, under, if he's ever been under a little bit of pressure, Wayne, it's and it's this year because he's well, know, this to finals. An, is this an escape route now though? A little bit. Mullen leaving by. A little bit, but it depends. You know, an escape route with Nathan Tinkler, you know, we well, you've seen in the past, you know, it doesn't matter what excuses that horse trainers or um, people at the club or in any of his businesses, there's no excuse with Nathan Tinkler. Th- he wants to win.
1: I, th- I said to you, I thought that them and Manly probably had the best 1 to 7, but you take Marlon out and that hurts the supply a bit. They still yep. get plenty of metres from their back line, but that hurts their creativity and get the ball at the edges. Definitely. I think Roberts can take on a fair bit of the brunt, but I think them as a pair running, as a pair, yeah. running that team and they're kicking game as a pair they're fantastic last year. Definitely also take Hooker out of it. If I would Gidley, actually um I would move Gidley Gidley there. Move. I'd play Gidley there. Yeah, the other I'd, few, move.
0: I'd bring that other boy, the young fella in, yeah, Clydesdale, I'd bring him in to play nine.
1: And see that's another thing though. Will that affect it? Because I don't think Gidley's anywhere near as effective in halves. and on top of that, is he going to stay healthy? That that's why yeah, all this definitely. to me is a it's a roll on effect. If Gidley He's well, injured. But I, I would have thought that Gidley would be a better chance of staying fit, defending out wide,
0: than rather than playing in the middle and having to defend in the middle. Yeah, well, I'm with you, but at the same time, I, I still don't 100%. think I still don't
1: think he's a great ball player. By he's any not means. He's the ultimate patcher, Mister Fix It. But yeah, so in we're both probably the same opinion. Again, uh, Mullen going down, big dent. No in, uh, Newcastle's chances. No doubt, they're going to need someone to really rise up. Roberts is pretty much going to have to take complete control, I think, because from what I saw of Michael Dobson against the First Nation owners who are not a first grade side, he looked even a little, you know, disjointed yeah. and didn't really flow in a game at that standard. So, how he's going to look in the NRL? I know, I know it'll probably take time. He, he might catch on. I don't know, but from what I saw out of that. Yeah. It's, it's going to be on Roberts early on and Gidley if he's going to move there.
0: To take well, it the uh, the positive, I guess, is that Tyron Roberts came on so much last year. He played That's really, well really
1: developed. And the start of this time last year,
0: I didn't really rate him. I know I you I told you, he's a good um, player. But I, from what I'd seen out of him, I didn't really rate him. But um, last year, he came on in leaps and bounds. And he, he was an integral part of them You know, playing in a preliminary final. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, he just signed a new two-year deal today, so he'll be there until the end of 2016. But yeah. the third and final one uh, that we wanted to focus on is obviously Luke Kiry. The effect this has, I don't see this having a effect Similar to the Coot, isn't it? On because the eight. Have, he hasn't really played there. Nah. I haven't got used to him being it's, there. It's not big on their effects on the eight, but I think it hurts their depth. Because Walker playing in the back line, keep someone like a Takiri or a Reddy or someone they try to, you know. That's
0: why I just can't understand why you wouldn't go back to the spine you had last year. Play Sutton at six, Inglis at one, Reynolds at seven, Luke at nine. But that's the issue. The There's stability
1: there. They're kind of lighten the forwards as well. So you know. Yeah, well, that's and that this is the concern I have with South Sydney this year. Ben Lowe, they've lost a lot of their full depth. They wanted, they really wanted, and that's what I was kind of trying to say to you when I thought Kiri last year might have got in there. Obviously, they went most of the season with Sutton. Yeah. With Keery, Reynolds and Sutton, you've just opened yourself up to just a whole new level of attack. You've got three players oh, that, I totally agree. that can ball play. totally agree. Reynolds doesn't run the ball as anywhere near as much as Keery. He's a fantastic runner of the football. And well, that Reynolds sudden, used
0: to run the ball. I, Reynolds the back I end of last really year really, the really
1: fell away. I
0: think if Reynolds is playing well, you can have Sutton with him. But if Reynolds isn't playing well, which showed at the back end of last year... Uh, Sutton doesn't really help him out much because he's not a na- natural organiser, he's not a natural ball player. Um, where I think a lot of it's going to come down to how Adam, Adam Reynolds plays, obviously, in the Charity Shield and then in the first few rounds as
1: to w- which direction Michael Maguire goes in terms of his half's partner. Well, I think this year they have to bite the bullet around origin time, and maybe do a bit of a Broncos if you know they can't push players and try and force them to play every game like they did last year without that, that little flat period and eventually fell out of favour. If Greg oh, Inglis right. is tired or if TL and McQueen play full games uh, you know, or anyone gets into that New South Wales side I think they need to take a step back maybe sacrifice a game or two Well they've got to move into the Melbourne model to make sure You've you just got to make the top four Unless, like we Rest said Unless Nathaniel Neal or Kyle Turner or some of these young blokes step up or an Aaron Gray who's a Young under twenty center who they've been playing in New South Wales Cup. Unless one of these guys really comes on yeah. and fills some of those patches, I think they've got to be a little defensive. Well, your wings up it's, early.
0: it's moving time, and that's I was about to hit that point. That it's moving time at the moment because if you Melbourne want to if you year. want to rest play, Melbourne do do it every year. The last two years in particular, um, yeah. Melbourne have gone I think eight no to start the season or something ridiculous, stockpile um, and accumulate points you then get your buys, so you're pushing yourself up to 20 points, you know, at the halfway point in the season, and you only sort of have to go 50-50 for the rest of the year to finish in the top four, yeah. so South are going to have to start well, and I mean, the pressure's on in the next sort of month,
1: I guess. Yeah, so we're both obviously the same opinion again. This yeah. doesn't affect their chances of the eight. Uh, I still think they make the top four, but as far as premiership contenders is concerned... It's going to be harder for them to make the top four now. I, I thought that the Kiri walk, having all those guys in there, and especially having that three-pronged attack, three options, really open them up. But it could have a bit of a detriment. They're going to go back to what they did last year. Yeah. Uh, but I just thought those three in particular I wanted to cover just because they were pretty... Major factors in their sides are they kind of key players and key positions. Mm. But now that we've gone through that, we'll move on to the World Club Challenge between Wigan and the Sydney Roosters. It's uh, 22nd of February this Saturday at Allianz Stadium. It kicks off at 8 p.m. and I'm pretty excited for this one.
0: Yeah, it should be a good game. The, uh, the Warriors they look good over there in New Zealand um, last week. Wigan I'm talking about they they took on the New Zealand Warriors. Um, they looked all right, but I mean you know if you have a look at the odds. Um, and the fact that they've got to travel out here, um, play under our conditions, even though the, the conditions around Sydney this week have not been a bit more uh, England-like than, than what they have um, traditionally at this time of the year.
1: Um, but you'd think the Roosters will get away with it. Yeah, well, I think uh, Trent Robertson was concerned about having a disjointed pre-season middle of the World Cup players. and Well, all they've, they've not- had the same thing. They've had a lot of
0: players out. I, Everyone went to the World Cup. I mean,
1: it's... Well, I was going to say... it's it, not buying into any of that. Their balance is out, number one, because they're missing probably their best player in Tompkins as far as grand finalists from last year are concerned. They lost four. Uh, Lee Mossop, Pat Richards, and Sam Tompkins, they're all over here in the NRL now, as well as Harrison Hanson in the back row. Uh, you know, Matty Bowen, obviously, is going to be playing in that full-back role. They, they took Eddie Pettiborn uh, from the Tigers. He's, I don't really think... Uh, there's too much difference between him and Hanson. Hanson's probably got a little more ball skill. Uh, Mossop, you know, they they bought some of the better young forwards over there in John Bateman from the Bradford Bulls and and Pat Richards gets replaced by a young bloke as well. But regardless of all that, uh, Liam Farrell, O'Loughlin, they've got some internationals, they got some pretty good players. Gil Dudson. Um, you know, they're all, all these blokes are gonna go hard. Club they just bought him from the Line of Broncos, but at the end of the day, the Roosters, the only one two missing, sorry, from the grand final lineup. Roger Tuivasa-Sheck, he's not back yet from that leg fracture, which is smart. I wouldn't risk him, and they don't need to because all of us can play in the centres as he's going to be with Sean Key down the wing, and Luke O'Donnell retired, and replacing him is a, a gun French international who Robinson's already coached in Remy Casti, and then you've got Dylan Napa who missed out in the grand final last year. I
0: expect the Roosters to win, but I don't. I don't know whether they're going to hammer them what they would if they were at full strength and. All cylinders firing, um, so I think it might be a scrappy affair. I think the Roosters will win by, you know, twelve to eighteen. Um, and you know, if the weather continues to be like this, it's probably going to play into Wigan's hands more. It's probably going to um, allow them to be in the game for a little bit longer than what they uh, they normally would have if it was a dry track. And um, and the Roosters were, you know, sort of had started their season. So again, it is most of the favours, um, you know, point towards Wigan. You know, apart from the fact it's played over here but it's played yeah. at a time when uh, which isn't really ideal to us they've already played I think Wigan's played
1: they played one game, one game but they didn't have O'Loughlin or Charnley or probably their better players playing yeah. that game and they were beaten yeah. but um, the Roosters you know 1-13 to they've actually named it's Minicello, Tupo Jennings Orbison Kenny Dow uh, the halves are Maloney and Pearce, uh Rhea Hargraves Mo Mowers the front row Cordnuss Sonny Bill and Frank Paul the back row Bench is Mortimer Guerra uh, Remy Casti the new one. Dylan Narpa is there. Kane Evans. Tarn Milne is a former Australian schoolboy, young bloke they've got. And Kirk Carr has played in the cup. So for them, it's pretty steady. They've got two extras there. Uh, yeah, you would expect to see probably Milne and Carr drop off. You'd think that is part of the squad for experience. Yeah. Um, you know, Wigan didn't name their side in any particular order, but I'd think it'd probably be looking Bowen at the back, Charlie uh, and Burgess on the wings. Not any relation to the other Burgesses. Uh, Daryl Goulding and Dan Sargason in the centres. Blake Green, the former Aussie, in the halves with Matty Smith. Uh, the front rowers, they're all numbered a bit weird over there because they actually have numbers, Super league numbers. and jerseys it's kind of themselves. So mm. I'd expect uh, Taylor to be in the front row, probably with uh, Benny Flower. McAloran, we all know him. He's, he's the international hooker. He's not too bad. And Liam Farrell, Eddie Pettiborn and Sean O'Loughlin in the back row. Uh, they've also got two. They've got a out from their bench. We'll have to wait and see what happens there, but... Um, you know, I'm, I'm with you. Regardless of how undone they are, who's been in the World Cup, what's going on, they've got 15 of the grand final 17. They're a fantastic team, the Roosters, and they're just ultra physical. I don't think a Super League side could match up to the brand of football any day of the week that the, the Roosters dish here. No, no.
0: Um, and as I said, the, the, the things that go in their favour are the fact, the time of the year and the weather. Mm. Um, they're they're going to want it to bloody pour down, Wigan, um, and. It'll play into their hands. It'll narrow the field. Um, it'll limit the amount of ball movement the Roosters can um, sort of have, and uh, that's their best chance of getting even close to the Roosters, I'd imagine.
1: Yep, well, we've got uh, our charity bet this week. Obviously, the only game that has betting value up is the charity shield and also the World Club Challenge, but we're not getting much value uh, in regards of the, the World Club Challenge. I think at last glance, the Roosters were $1. seventeen to Wigan at $5, if yep. that's correct. So uh, with Sporting Bet, we're going to be putting our... $100 charity bet on the Rabbitohs minus 4 at $1.90. So we've got a possible $90 going into the kitty there. We still haven't decided on a charity. We've got a lot of suggestions that have been thrown out there, but we'll look to lock yeah, something we'll do up. that. we'll do that probably before the season starts. Yeah, we've, we've had plenty of options, but that's something we'll have to... Uh, Decide on, but we're happy with that, are we? Minus four four dollar ninety. Yep.
0: Um, yep, and yeah, the the market is exactly how you said. The Roosters dollar seventeen, Wigan five dollars. There must have been a little bit of money for Wigan because yeah, six last night I had a look, and and the Roosters were a dollar twelve, and it was six fifty or something like that. So mm. um, people obviously think that the the weather might um, suit them, but highly doubt it. Yeah,
1: well, let's hopefully we can launch that account because the nines wasn't too friendly with us, but uh, no, sporting bet. Great to be on board. Uh, step up, as you said, from center bet. And there's always, remember, there is no better bet than a sporting bet. Uh, that pretty much wraps us up for this week. Just one bit of news before we go. Jamie Sout has yes. hurt his ankle leaving training, and it's pretty much been confirmed not how long he's going to be out, but he's definitely not going to be right for round one. So expect to see Isaac John and uh, Peter Wallace in there. So I know people people are saying Marquis sign and that's a bit of a joke or this and that I, to be honest i don't really see it as a big loss i thought isaac john was really good last year yeah we'll see what happens so it's uh, at this stage it, you
0: could have a bloody rolled ankle or you wouldn't know so mm-hmm. wait till the scans come back and deal with the facts
1: yeah we'll keep your eyes open we're also doing our uh, season preview blogs that we've been putting together rating the teams building our ladder and that'll lead into podcasts we've got coming up we've obviously got uh, a special called Our Guests Podcast. We're going to have Nick Tedeschi on to talk about his punters guide for this year. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have MG and Gossip on that one as well. They're, they're going to be after our two-part season preview where they're going to give us all their prediction for the season, their ladders and whatnot. So all that's coming up in the build-up to the season but uh, for now, as we wrap things up, if you want to get us on Twitter, it's at Fifth and Last. That's the letter N, not the word and. The email is fifthandlastpodcast at hotmail.com. And on Facebook, head up to the search bar and type in Fifth and Last NRL Podcast. So here we go. Three games on the weekend. Saturday, we've got the Charity Shield first up, followed. Boy at the World Club Challenge, and as Brock said earlier, we got a, an extra one thrown on top there with the uh, New Zealand Warriors playing the Brisbane Broncos on Sunday. So getting these back into our footy, aren't we? Loving it. No worries. Look forward we'll... to it. No worries, guys. Get your ears on to this one. Share it with your friends. Like us. Review us and rate us on iTunes. And uh, we'll speak to you soon. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where... Whoa, 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 whoa. What's going on here? Is that it? Is that it?